In, in John chapter 1, we have this, this description of Jesus, and we, we focus on the first part of this so often as we think about the Word, but I want us to think about the second part of it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was, was an individual who was full of grace. I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make in the religious world is that we think that we have to find a good balance between grace and truth. Jesus never found balance between grace and truth. He, he, never, he never had too much grace, so he had to put a little more truth into it, or he never had too much truth, so he had to put a little grace into it. That's, that's a good way to build a false church. Jesus was full of grace, and he was full of truth, and he brought all truth and all grace to bear on every situation. I think that's what makes Jesus so fascinating and so challenging. And, and my, my thought process for us this week, as we think about what it means to be a radical disciple of Jesus, to reflect upon how he embodied grace. There are those things, even as we, re, we have reflected upon a person uh, a great deal this weekend, of, of things that we saw personified in that person, and, and, and that's, a, that's a good thing, right? And, and we do that with those who have passed, but we do that with those who are living, but Jesus so much more so, who was perfect. And when we look at him, we see grace. It's interesting that when you look at his sermons, I can't think of any sermon where Jesus really talked about grace as a concept. But Paul did all the time, right? I mean, the, the, the writings of Paul are, are just littered with this concept of, of grace. As a matter of fact, Paul talks so openly and freely about grace that, that I mean, it, it makes some people uncomfortable. He talks so openly about it by the inspiration of God. But in the life of Jesus, the text says he, he was full of grace. But I, I can't quote a sermon that he gave about grace. But, but I can read through the Gospels and see a life where he brought that to bear in every moment of his life. So we reflect upon that and we think about what we want to be and what we're called to be. I mean, you, you, you think about, I mean, his interactions, whether, I mean, I, I wrote down a couple things of, you know, when, when, he's, when he's calling the people to him, when, he, when, he's, when he's choosing, there go my notes, when he's choosing, I don't need notes, right? Keep it short. Uh, maybe a 40-minute sermon now, but, 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 but when, he's, when he's calling his disciples to him, I mean, he, he, he chooses the people that no one else would choose. He chooses a tax collector. He's full of grace. When, when the people are hungry, even though he'll later point out their inconsistencies and, and, their, and their vain nature, but he feeds the people, right? Why, why, why is that? That's, that's grace. When, when he's sitting there with, with, with Judas, whom he knows is going to betray him, and he still eats with that man. That's grace embodied. You, you can't help but think about his interaction with that, 
with that Samaritan woman and giving her those things that she didn't deserve, those things that no one else gave to her? Did, 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 he, did he bring the truth to bear on that situation? Oh, yes. I mean, Jesus purposefully brought up probably the most painful and intimate part of her life, and that's the fact that you've had all these husbands. If you've ever brought, brought that up accidentally in a conversation, I mean, you, you know that's a, kind of, that's, a, that's a conversation ender. Jesus knew it when he said it. He was full of truth, but, but he was also full of grace as he was calling this woman to, to a better way. I want us to think about Jesus as we experience grace. I know experience can be a word that people take and mean something that it ought to never mean. I, I, I know that. But, but we have to understand that grace is not just a concept. It's a way of life that Jesus shows us and that Jesus calls us to. See, it's that same grace that he embodied. I suppose, I don't need my notes for this, but there was no greater time when he embodied grace than when he went to the cross. He, he didn't have to do that. He did that for a people who didn't deserve it. He did that for the people who were actually guilty of the sin. As he writes, Paul writes one of his last letters in 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, and, and he, says, he says this verse 8, he says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Experience the grace of Jesus. The question is, have you received that grace? Have you, one, been willing to humble yourself? And once you answer that question by coming and humbling yourself, submitting yourself, being born again, being washed in that watery grave, right? By repenting of sin. Once you've answered that question, have, have you embraced the grace of Christ? I think the second question for us to ask is, do other people experience the grace of God in you? You remember we talked this last week about grace and all throughout our life of, of saying, that's God's grace, right? We, we, we talked about something as, just, I mean, as simple as, as a hamburger, right? Okay, we get that, but do people ever look and see our life and say, that's God's grace in the flesh? Because that's what they saw when they saw Jesus. Friends, if you have a need tonight to experience God's grace, you come as we stand and as we sing.